Hello, everyone, and welcome to The JW Show. I'm your host, Joshua Washington, Director of Institute for Black Solidarity with Israel. And I'm here with a very special guest today, Masimba Muzotsa. Masimba, thank you for being here with us today. Well, thank you for hosting me, Joshua. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, Masimba, for our listeners, can you let us know uh, who you are and where you're from and what you do? Uh, I was born in Zimbabwe uh, 43 years ago and lived there until my mid-twenties when I came to the United Kingdom, where I've lived ever since. I lived in a town called Middlesbrough in the northeast of England. I'm a writer, sometimes actor, uh, screenwriter. I think that's pretty much, yeah, that pretty much sums up what I do. Awesome. And what are, what are some of the um, films that you have been working on recently? Um, does it have anything to do with the, with the work you currently do now uh, for Israel or in, in terms of Zimbabwe and UK and all that? Or is it just other? Uh... No. Um, more to do with, because I, I write a lot of fantasy and horror. So oh, I see. Oh, okay. In, yeah. But, you know, you, I get um, to work on different film projects. Um, most recently, this thing it hasn't come out yet. It's a short movie on mental health called "I Need Help." Oh wow! Then there was yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thanks. Good, good. Well, cool. Well, Masimba, um, I wanna I wanna jump right into it here. Um, I know that you are kind of an expert in in not kind of, but are an expert in in some of these issues we're gonna talk about here when we're talking about Israel and Africa. Um, I want to ask you specifically about the um, the tribes in southern Africa. Um, oh, I want to ask you about the tr- the tribes in southern Africa, um, the Limba tribe specifically. But I know there are others. Um, you you've done a lot of research and and also just sharing information on on those tribes. Um, what are can you share some of that with us, like? Who who are the Limba people and and uh, where yeah why why are they so important? Well, the Limba people have held um, that they they have a Jewish origin, and what's famous about them is that their claims have been backed by genetics, mm. and they have an old tradition of traveling from a place called Sena. Right. Um, you know, there's a Sena in the Bible near Jerusalem. Hmm. There was a center in the Middle East in, in Saudi Arabia. Um, there's a town called Sena in Mozambique. Hmm. And they have it in their tradition that these are all the different places where they live, which does which does conform to um, the old traditions of different people in Southern Africa. Hmm. People tend to name new places after where they've lived, such that um, hmm. a lot of the places mentioned in our history are very hard to recover. Mm. I was trying to do a genealogical research into my own family, and we have it that we stayed at one time at a place called Choma in what is now Zambia. And oh, wow. I have found 10 places already so far. Called, it's hard to tell which one of those is the Choma where my people lived. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So with the Lemba, um, they've, they've kept Judaic customs, you know, like for instance, uh, you know, slaughtering animals, uh, not allowing intermarriage. 
So this, these are some things that have kept them apart from the others. Mm, mm. And they call themselves, they call themselves traders, which is how they explain how they ended up in Southern Africa. So they go by the praise name, uh, which means, you know, a, a trader, okay. uh, an entrepreneur. Yeah, uh, Southern African tribes, I want to say tribes, clans are organized um, according to totems and praise names. So mm. one of theirs is, you know, Mushari, a trader. Mm. So you're saying mm. they said that's how they they say that's how they wound up in Southern Africa is just by trading. Yeah, they came as traders. Wow. Okay. Uh, we we do have you know there's a lot of um, accounts not in European texts more in the um, Arab and um, Indian um, Asian accounts on okay. trade with with Southern Africa. Wow. So it wasn't just them. There's been a lot of other people. I think I remember reading an article about how a family in Tanzania proved to be genetically linked to China, you know, confirming Chinese accounts of trade with um, East and Southern Africa. Mm, okay. Okay. Wow. And did you, did you find that your, you and your family, do you know if you all are, are also Limba or, or a tribe that is linked as well to them? No, not, not as far as I know. Mm. No. No. Huh. Okay, uh, I understand. Okay, and then so, so you said that so there's a Limba tribe, and that's been backed by, you know, scientific evidence recent, yeah, fairly, fairly recently. Yeah, they, um, there are other tribes that in Southern Africa that that claim um, the the same lineage, but right now we don't have uh, scientific evidence. Are you aware of some of those of those other tribes as well? Um, yes. See, for that one, I think we'd have to go back to European penetration into Southern Africa. Mm. It was at a time when attitudes in Europe were that anything strange they encountered out there while exploring had to do with the lost tribe. So there was a bit of romanticism. Okay. So we've got a pile of books that describe how different uh, ethnic groups in Southern Africa observed Jewish customs. Even, mm. um, Are you familiar with the history of Zimbabwe? I'm not talking about the country. I'm talking about the stone cities. Uh, no, you definitely uh, enlighten us, please. Uh, right. The, Repub- the modern Republic of Zimbabwe was named after... Um, this. Zimbabwe means house of stone, and it was mm. in reference to the stone cities that our ancestors built. Wow. Um, when I say our ancestors, I'm not talking about the culture that's created around where Zimbabwe, Zambia, Mozambique, Malawi, Botswana, South Africa, Lesotho, right. all those people who now identify themselves as different tribes have mm. that common origin. Right, right. Um, one of the first Europeans to see these, um, to see the main city um, in Zimbabwe, which is now called Great Zimbabwe, mm. he thought he had discovered the Queen of Sheba's palace because there was a story and account that that's where it was located. Oh, wow. And he described in his diary how he thought he saw priests observing Yom Kippur as it was in the temple. Oh, wow. You know, like with the priest going into a sanctuary and then coming out and telling everyone that their sins are forgiven. Wow. Uh, unfortunately, the archaeology of the region um, doesn't back, it doesn't support the idea that, you know, 3,000 years ago there was a Judaic society there. Right, right. But Great Zimbabwe itself has been dated to, at the earliest, around 900 AD. Okay. Yeah, hmm. so puts a damper on it. Right, But nevertheless, right. there are, 
you know, there are ideas among some people that they are of Jewish origin. We have a large community called the Jews of Rusate. Mm. And they're this, actually, they, <laughs> you can trace their history to America's own Hebrew-Israelite movement. Um, I'm talking about the old Hebrew-Israelite uh, movement, not, not the modern one, you know, the one that's causing all the controversy. Right, right. Yeah, and um, but they've moved. They're starting to move away from Christianity and learning more about Judaism. Hmm. But they teach that Southern African people are descendants of um, the lost tribes. The lost tribes, and you said not not in a divisive way, just as kind of as you know, the especially the texts say that that the Jews would be all over the earth, um, kind of thing. Is that is that what you mean by not in a not in a divisive type of way that they teach these things? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. That, I think that needs to be clarified as well because yeah. I, I remember when I was in Zimbabwe and they, they got a lot of media attention. Right. So um, the journalists interviewed. There is there is a Jewish community there. There's two there's two main synagogues, one for Ashkenazim, one for um, the Sephardim, and they interviewed them and asked them, you know, what do you think these people claim they're Jews as well, like you? And the rabbi said, well, it's it's possible. We've not really looked into it ourselves. But we have it in our history that Jews were scattered all over the world, so it's, it's not impossible right, right. that they could have ended up in southern Africa. Mm. Mm. If you could speak to this, why do you think then that there is the school of thought that exists that that Jews are only black from not obviously not from what we're the people we're just talking about the Jews of Rasape and also southern Africa, but more on the, the black Hebrew Israelite side, why then do you think that exists when it seems pretty clear in the scriptures that they're using, at least, that, you know, Jews are all over the world, as as was prophesied? Why do you think that that exists then? I think for that one, you would have to look at American history, hmm. um, especially with groups like um, the Nation of Islam, hmm. uh, because they also have a very black supremacist ideology. Right, right. I think that's where a lot of it is coming from, because I see even the, in the discussions or the arguments that we have on like social media, right. a lot of, there, there is, I'm quite sad about it, but there is a large black nationalist, you know, the pro-black movement mm. that is very anti-Semitic. Right. And though a lot of them, um, they say that they, they're not for the Judeo-Christian tradition as a whole, you know, Christianity, Judaism, and everything, because they hold that the white man, the, the Bible is a white man's book. Right. And as far as they're concerned, it's a bunch of fairy tales. Right. Yet when it comes to issues of um, the Jewish people, right. they're the first to say, well, they're not real Jews. The only Jews are black. Right, think, right. Well, if you don't believe in the Bible, then why would this why, matter? Right, right. So that's where a lot of it's coming from. Really, it's um, a political ideology called black supremacism, mm. and it's found its way into um, into religion, basically. Because mm. a lot of the black, uh, well, the original black Hebrew movement did not see itself as a separatist organization. Mm. In fact, very hard to connect to um, the European and in the Middle Eastern Jewish people. Right. Right. Yeah. Hmm. That's very interesting. I mean, it, it's because exactly what you just said. It's it's interesting because they don't 
look to the Bible for certain things, but then for things like that, they say, oh, no, 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 these aren't the real Jews. And, um, and do you think that they are aware of um, what, what you were talking about a few minutes ago, about the, the, the Jews that are in Africa, especially like in Southern Africa and things like that? Um, are they, a, or, or are they just, is it an ignorance thing or is it just a, is it like the hatred that's just blinding them? It's hatred. I mean, the, the, the Hebrew Israelites, the modern ones, yeah. they hold that somehow the 12 tribes yeah. ended up in America and are organized as um, black Americans, right. uh, um, Native Americans, Hispanics, mm. and Indians, and that no one else, no one else is. So if, say, I was Jewish and I am black and I am from Africa, they right. would say that I'm not um, actually Hamitic. You've seen some of the comments on yeah. my Times of Israel blog yeah, yeah. where I've been called a ham sandwich. And <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stupid yeah, stuff, yeah. yeah, yeah. So they, they hold that... Um, there's, a, uh, there's a video on YouTube, actually, where they go for Ethiopian Jews in America and tell them, you're not real Jews, you're Ethiopians. and you're Because right. they have it in their teachings that everyone else is going to become a slave soon. That's going to become their slave, right? Because of right, because they take that scripture of Ham and uh, Shem and Yafet. yeah, they say, well, they yeah. they say that the black people who remained in Africa for yeah. whatever reason during the time of the slave trade actually mm. took part in it, and wow. so therefore, all the Africans are going to be slaves. All the Europeans, all the Asians, everyone else is going to be. It's just them. <laughs> And it's it's fascinating how they came up with this idea, but they've even organized all the different parts of America into specific tribes. Like so right. I saw a video where they hold that um, Jamaicans mm. are the tribe of Benjamin. And the only proof that they were offering yeah. there was, oh, um, Jamaicans speak in a sort of aggressive way. I don't know how they got that. All wow. Jamaicans I know speak fine. Yeah. But so they speak in a, aggressive way which suggests the wolf you know the blessing of benjamin benjamin um is a wolf or something like that right right it's, it's unbelievable how do you how, so how do you respond to something so when you when you're like writing your articles and you're speaking and and you come to people who for instance make these types of claims you know you're not you're from africa you're not a real jew this is what happened and your people are the reason why slaves existed in, in xyz what it, how do you combat that, those accusations? With, with the facts, with the history. Mm. Yeah. Um, like, for instance, southern, most of Southern Africa only got colonized after the slave trade. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems so simple, right? I mean, that's, that would kind of, I think, put a damper on much of the teachings, but apparently yeah. not so. Wow. I actually, I can actually name an ancestor of mine who took part in a war against the Portuguese and prevented them from expanding into what is now Zimbabwe. Wow! And as a result of that, we were not really involved in the slave trade. Like they didn't capture anyone from there, right? Because um, yeah, the Portuguese were quite big on that's how you know they filled places like Southern America with with Africans, right? Right? Because they were big on 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 slavery, but. Zimbabwe was colonized in 1891. Right. By then, the British Empire was very anti-slave trade. Mm, mm. Most of Southern Africa was colonized 
at that time. Right. So it's a fact. Right. And do you think, too, that it could just be that I, I, I would maybe make the argument that a lot of black Hebrew Israelites maybe haven't been to the continent because, I mean, just geographically, it's huge. And you, it's really uh, yeah. impossible to kind of test, paint all the Africans in, in Africa with the same brush. Even, well, it's, yeah. No, go ahead. It's the danger of a, of a single story. Unfortunately, this is the thing. It's, it's a double-edged sword. Mm. Africa as a concept was invented by people of African descent. Mm. You know, and then they're the ones who see it as a single entity, monolithic entity. For mm. us, we've always tended to, I mean, the idea of being a nation is, is fairly new. Most people tend to think in terms of their clan or tribe. Right, maybe. right. So the idea that Africa is a single place, that's more out there. Mm than on the continent itself. Right, right. But that too is changing because you're having more, you know, Africans migrating to um, places like America, places like Europe. And of course, with um, telecommunications and the internet, I think people are learning more about each other. But I think with the Hebrew Israelites, anything that doesn't fit into their narrative is, they'll ignore it. Mm. As simple as that, whereas everyone else wants to make that effort to learn about each other. You know, like for me, I, I take a interest in, in black America. Right, right. So I always want to know more than what we're shown on television. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Um, and Masimba, I want to I wanna, um, just pivot for a minute. And I know that you also do, in all this, you also uh, do Israel advocacy. Um, and I remember actually my, my first, um, impression of you was on social media. I saw that you had made a statement about the boycott, divestment and sanctions movement. And that's, that's when I started following you. Um, and, oh, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's a while back, it's a few years ago now, but, um, I want to ask you and for our listeners too, why do you, why do you advocate for, for Israel? Well, because I think at this point in time, a lot of people, See, I don't know how it is in America, but here we have what we call a silent majority, hmm. silent Tories. These are the people who hold certain views, but because they're not, um, they're not articulating them, it creates the impression that, for instance, the BDS movement actually represents a large share of the population in terms of opinion. It doesn't. Hmm. So we need, we need to actually be out there and speaking more because... Right. Um, the anti-Israel campaign, they're more organized, right. they're more active. Mm. Most people really wouldn't be bothered. And the ones that are, they're on Israel's side. Right. It never goes that way because we do have a large number, and I'm sorry to say, a lot of people in the media as well mm. do hold anti-Israel views. And these anti-Israel views are based on, on misinformation. Right. You know, from the time when, you know, like they they call Israel an apartheid state. Mm. So it follows that if you support Israel, then you support apartheid. Right. Which is which right. is not true, Absolutely. is it? Right. right. So yeah, I just feel it's my place to be out there to set the record straight. Mm. That's incredible. And do you find that you also um, get the opportunity to educate um, even other other Zionists and other 
non, um, you know, whether it's Ashkenazi or, or just non-black um, Jews about the the African Jews? Is it, do you find that that's something that is, that's information that's lacking or, or more common knowledge? It's, it's, it's not as common mm. um, for various reasons. Mm. But I think as well that there have been outreach efforts and quite a lot of people from Israel, mm. a lot of Jewish communities in South Africa itself have been connecting with the Lemba, with um, the Jews of Rusab and all these other groups. Mm. So that, that has been happening. Wow, wow. Mm. That's, that's awesome. That's really awesome. But you won't see it in the media again, because like in Zimbabwe, a lot of people who run the media, they're very anti-Zionists. They, they come from a communist background. Mm. And their ideology revolves around that. Right. And you're talking about the the U.S. or the U.K. or, or both? No, I'm talking about Zimbabwe. Oh, Zimbabwe. Okay. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, quite mm. a few. Yeah, a lot of the people who are in positions of influence, right. they're stuck on... Um, they're still fighting the war, I guess. Hmm. They're still fighting the war, you said. So yeah, so they still, yeah, so they find themselves opposed to Israel on, on those grounds. Right, right. Wow, 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 Masimba. So, I want to. Um, I'm, we're going to take a just a short break. Um, you all okay. don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Masimba. Thank you again, Masimba. All right, y'all. We'll be right back. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Welcome back to the JW Show. Once again, I'm your host, Joshua Washington, and I'm here with Masimba Muzotsa. Masimba, thank you again for being here with us. Um, well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, so I want to I keep talking about the Black Hebrew Israelites. Um, I know that's something that you um, are, are, have been researching quite a bit and have a lot of experience with. Um, what is What drives them? You know, what, I know that we, we talked earlier about how they kind of take certain scriptures um, and use that and interpret it how they, how they feel. What can that you give us some examples of, of some of the scriptures that they take and, and twist around? Well, they have um, Deuteronomy 28, you know, the blessings and the curses, right. which uh, Moses explained to the Israelites mm. that this would happen to them. Right. 
So they hold that um, the history of black people, especially being captured into slavery, right. and um, you know the Jim Crow oppression that happened to America. Right. These are the things that show proof that. Uh, so they maintain that since these have never happened to anyone else, right. then it must be them specifically. Right. And then they tie this with um, there's a verse in Revelation, Revelation chapter two, verse nine. Which reads, um, I don't have the Bible with me, but mm. um, it says, "I know you're poor. I know you're. I know you're poor, but you're rich." Right. And so they tie that, you know, to say, "Well, all the black people living in the ghetto are poor, but God is saying they're rich." Right. And I know the works of those who say they are Jews and are not, mm. but are the synagogue of Satan. Mm. I think every Jewish person who has ever seen these people has had that first screamed at them. Absolutely. Without, but then again. You wouldn't expect your average Jewish person to be familiar with um, the book of Revelation. Right, right. <laughs> I'm right. sure they must find it confusing. Right. Mm. Mm. Wow, wow. So these form the basis. Um, I think there's something in Jeremiah about never again shall Jacob turn pale. Right, right. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but these two seem to be, they hold their whole doctrine together. Wow. The problem with them is that, unfortunately, this is, I would blame, again, the modern education system. Black people are not the only people who have ever experienced slavery. Right, right. This is a fact. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, everything from discrimination, from degradation, everything, violence, brutality, and all that, everyone on this planet, every nation on this planet has at some point in its history, endured those. So for someone to turn around and say, you know, this happened to them alone, that's just being dishonest. Right, right. Or ignorant. Yeah, and, and it's the, the dangerous thing, I think, too, is that it's, it's subtle because when you do look at, for instance, like Deuteronomy 28, um, mm -hmm. you know, you do see parallels. You see, okay, while well, God says this and, you know, slavery and and be cursed and and this that and the other and then you look at what happened with the transatlantic slave trade and then you know um slavery and then jim crow and there's definitely parallels but but the subtlety is that there's a teaching that it, if you continue reading the scriptures you'll see that one like you said uh we're not the only ones but then two that there are other there are other scriptures that actually speak to the fact that, like we said before, that Jews were scattered all over the world at some point, you know, looking exactly. like those so different So it can't places. be just America. Right. It just doesn't make and sense. And then to magically organize themselves into the different <laughs> tribes according to different parts of um, the New World. Right. It's really strange, isn't it? Right. It's like, it, yeah, that doesn't, it just, from using the same, like the same text they're using, it just doesn't make any sense. It, um, and what do you, and what about the what about the other scripture you mentioned the synagogue of Satan one? Um, what's oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, before I before I go into that yeah. uh, again because they hold that since because it says you'll be captured and taken in ships right and then they say well you know that that surely refers to the transatlantic right. what is not known mm. you can find several books on the subject right. is when when. Um, the temple was destroyed yeah. by the Romans, when the Romans and they decided to scatter the Jewish people. Right. The ones that they were selling into slavery, 
you know, the Mediterranean, the empire, the Roman Empire was around the Mediterranean Sea. Mm. So the quickest way, uh, the quickest uh, means of transport was actually ships. So slaves were taken from from Israel, from Judea, mm. by ship into into Egypt. It actually happened. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So once you have those examples, because right. in order for the prophecy to apply to the transatlantic slave trade, mm. we would need to read to that event having been unique. But like I said, you know, people, slaves have been moved in ships from different localities and different localities. So it's not exclusive. Um, wow. Synagogue of Satan. Um, because for them, it's, it's saying to them that the people that we know as Jews, you know, because the, the verse is, I know the works of those who say they are Jews and are not. Right. But are the synagogue of Satan. The book of Revelation, uh, I, don't know if, I don't know how you see it, but his, the context of it, it was written at a time when Christians were being persecuted in the Roman Empire. Right. Which, which seems to contradict um, what Christians believed. Christians at that time thought they were going to see Jesus come back in their lifetime mm. and establish um, his kingdom. Right, right. But instead, they were being massacred by Rome. Mm. So, Revelation was written to comfort everyone, to say, well, look, you know, this persecution, it's part of God's plan. Mm. If you endure, then, you know, you will inherit his kingdom. Right. That was the main aim. It, I don't think, I don't believe that it was meant to be um, a prophetic book, as it were. Mm. But because and the reason why it uses um, kind of cryptic imagery was because it was a political thing. Christianity had become political from the fact that the Roman authorities were opposed to it. Right. Hence so all the cryptic references, the beast, whoever can calculate this number, you know. Right, right. It was the number of the Roman emperor, but he couldn't say it openly, you know. Like in Zimbabwe, when we used to talk about Robert Mugabe, we used to use codes like we used to call him Sekur, the old man, you know, grandpa. <laughs> right. Everyone right. knew who we're talking about. Wow. Wow. Because if you say his name in public, you get arrested. Wow. Jeez. It's the same thing. So, synagogue of Satan, um, the word synagogue, it's the same word that can also be translated as church. It's a Greek word. Right. You know, there was synagogue and ecclesia. You can, if you use a strong concordance. Right. Um, for the Hebrew Israelites, it's convenient because, you know, they're described as a synagogue, which then obviously evokes in our, in our, in our image, modern context, the image of Jewish people. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And then synagogue of Satan. Basically, what was happening there was, um, there was a Jewish community. The Christian community was more mixed, so it wasn't just Jewish people, it was all the other non-Jewish people who had embraced Christianity. Right. The synagogue of Satan is an opposing community. Now, why were they considered bad? Because they were not, um, they were not vigorous in opposing the Roman persecution of the Christians. Hmm. I'm going to write an article with, you know, with sources. Right. So basically, for put yourself in the mind of um, 
a Jewish Christian at the time, and you're finding your other Jewish brothers and sisters. Are not, at that time, Christianity and Judaism were not distinct the distinct religions that they are now. Mm. And then you find your Jewish brothers and sisters are not actually sticking up for you when the Romans are coming after you. Wow. So John writes to them and says, no, I know what they're doing to you. They're an opposing group. He, I, if he had known that 2,000 years later <laughs> right. that such verses would be used to justify, basically, hatred, I don't think he would have had that book come out. Right, right. Because that was never their intention. Right, You know, right. If you read it, it's addressed to a specific group, to the church in, what was the place again? Uh, the church in, I believe it is, oh, there's seven of my camera, uh, Ephesus. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. So these were specific churches wow. where they were having this thing. So it was never intended to be used as, um, proof because they said that this is proof then that, you know, all right. the Jews you see are not real Jews. Right, right. Which doesn't make sense right. because the whole New Testament a lot of the time, it's addressed to Jews. Specific, right. I mean, so, and that, I think that's the biggest thing, too, is that, um, and Christians even do yeah. this as well sometimes, they look at Paul's letters, um, and which is still great, you know, there's a lot of wisdom in there, but there are times when we, we see it as something that is not what it is because it, he was writing specifically to a, a community in a specific place during a specific time, you know. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, I mean, like, Instance that one which is favored, oh, let women keep silent keep si- in the churches right, right. Um, according to the law. And then you ask yourself, where in the Torah does it say that? Right. Right. So he was referring to something else, wasn't he? Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And because they were letters, it's known that um, they had written to him asking him questions. Right. Right. So without us knowing exactly what the other letter said, it's, right. it's, it's, we're just getting one half of the conversation. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and one, yet doctrines are being formed right on that very basis. B- based on yeah, based on a letter. I mean, I know one one trans, one um, teaching I heard um, was was a they said it was an oral tradition that the reason why Paul had said that was just because um, literally because you know men and women sat on on both on either sides of the aisle they were separated during mm-hmm. um, Shabbat that women the women would be yelling across the aisle to talk to their husbands. So it was a very specific thing saying, no, tell them that they can't do that. Like it was, it was like to that situation, you know, tell them not to do that. Not as a doctrine in church that women should be quiet, you know, but no, you're right. Exactly. Yeah. But whole doctrines get formed around that. But again, the other thing is it's the King James Bible that has all these flaws. Right. The King James Bible, when it was written, Again, mm. I think, you know, sources, I can pull them. It wasn't meant to be, there was already a translation in English of the Bible. Mm. But King James wanted a Bible that would support his new church. You know, there was the, um, mm. at that time, the Church of England had split from Rome. Right. Yeah, so that's when they went into everything, changing everything, congregation, changing the word church was preferred. Because right. it puts in people's mind, the Church of England. Right, right. You know, a clever twist of the wording, you could actually start to believe that uh, Moses and Abraham and everyone else was a member of the Church of England. Right. You know, it's always existed. Right, 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 right. So, wow. They didn't bother too much the accuracy of the Hebrew to English or the Greek to English. Mm. If you look at it, a lot of the um, 
funny, I call them funny groups within um, Christianity. Mm. They base themselves on the King James Bible. If mm. you were to bring another translation, their arguments just fall apart. Right, right. Uh, yeah, no, I, I uh, mm-hmm. absolutely. I have, I have a couple and things in my mind. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, the other factor that we have to also include is the context. We now live in an age in Western civilization. Um, it's what Foucault called, uh, what was it, something about feelings, that mm. um, there isn't right or wrong as such. Mm. If you feel that something's correct, then it's correct. Right. I heard my wife call so, it, a, she called it a post-truth era, I think she got from a book, where it's not yeah. about truth, but about what you feel about it, yeah. I would agree. So what this means is you could stand there and you've got a degree in Hebrew, in biblical Hebrew and biblical Greek. Right. And you could argue with someone who learned how to read um, just, you know, two years ago. Mm. Before that, I couldn't even read a word of English. And you could both be considered experts in the Bible. Wow. Right. Right. Mm. Which is what, if you've seen the um, videos that the Hebrew Israelites present, they don't come across as people who actually studied these things. Mm. Right, yeah. right. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, uh, it's 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 scary. Um, and you said it is, it is. And you said it's growing. It's also growing in the UK too, which which I didn't know. I mean, I knew about America, but you've seen that happen. You've seen that yeah, in the it's, UK it's, quite a bit. There's more of them. I think you, there was an incident. I think last month. When that's when they came to the public attention, when they went to a predominantly Jewish neighborhood wow. in Stamford, um, place Stamford Hill in London. It's famous. It's got a Jewish history. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were preaching their poison there. Wow. So I think for a lot of people here who don't know much about what they teach, they're still studying them. Mm. But they're thinking, what are they? Are they black Jews? If they're black Jews, they should be cool. Right. But Hmm. No, they're, they're a bit different, right? Right. Hmm. Because a, a place like uh, London, um, I know in Hendon, I've been to Hendon. You know, Golders Green. These are all areas famous for Jewish people. Yeah. And I have seen black Jewish people. Hmm. Well, at least you know they have the appearance of Orthodox Jews, like the men who have the beards, right. and Yamalka and so on. Right. So, black Jews are not entirely unknown in those places. Right. But right. these Hebrew Israelites are coming in with. Um, something else and uh, I think they I think they pose a danger and I think also that given the anti-Semitic climate in this country that the authorities might be slow to Mm. realize that danger right right you know there's a lot of young impressionable youth in that movement people who probably think uh, what makes the Hebrew Israelites quite dangerous is they're very um they, they're an end times group. They think that we're close to something about to happen, some apocalypse. Mm. And I wouldn't put it past them to try and speed it up. Right, you know, right. They used to teach that Jesus was going to come in the year 2000. And right. when he comes, he's going to really just have everyone who is not a Hebrew Israelite turned into a slave, handed over. That's why sometimes you'll see them shouting things like, oh, you're going to be my slave, so oh, I'm going to rape you. Right, right. The family, you know, it's, it's going to encourage that sort of thing. Mm, mm. So, um, 
for them, it's when it didn't happen, I, I, they regrouped and then they had it set for the year 2012. And mm. that, well, you know, the years passed. But right. they, they are of the feeling that something's going to happen. Now they're looking to the sky and they're saying they're seeing UFOs. Because according to their doctrine, UFOs are actually angels appearing. Right. It's just because right. we're too dumb to realize. So we're calling them UFOs. We're too dumb to realize they're angels or we're in denial or so, <laughs> something right, like right, that. Right, right, right. Um, mm-hmm. And they believe that a lot of the sci-fi f- films are telling us something as well. Mm-hmm. Huh. So for a, a lot of young people, London's got that problem. There's a lot of young black people who need guidance. Right, right. Before mm-hmm. that void used to be filled by... Because um, I know there was a time in the Rastafarian community, a lot of young boys, they would go to prison. When they come out, they turned Muslim. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, and mm. what was happening was because in, in in the in the prisons, the Muslims tend to organize themselves for security. So if you're not with them, you're basically at the mercy of the white racist gangs. Wow. Yeah. So now the Hebrew Israelites, I think, are filling that void. A lot of young men want to belong. They want to be part of something significant. Hmm. And, of course, there's always been the feeling, I'm sorry to say, but the churches haven't actually been helpful in right. terms of guiding people. Hmm. A lot of churches, this is my impression, but then again, I'm not a Christian. A lot of the churches that we have in our communities tend to be after the money hmm. and the power. Right, right. And hmm. but I think they've alienated themselves from these young people. Yeah. I mean, so these young people are looking for somewhere yeah. to belong. No, I I agree. I mean, I I don't I can't speak for the UK, but I know that I that to me is one of the roots of the movement growing is that you know these young these young black kids, if they do go to a church, they ask their pastors or or their um, fellow church members, elders questions um, that they either can't answer or don't answer, and they get an answer from the black Hebrew Israelites. So. You know, they, they feel yeah. the sense of purpose and, and, you know, I think it comes from a genuine desire to, to know the scriptures more deeply, but then it doesn't get filled where it's supposed and to. So. to Say that again. And to belong somewhere. And to belong and somewhere. Identity. Absolutely. Well, you know, we're actually God's chosen. Right. And we're for the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Wow, Masemba. Um. Sheesh. Well, I, I want to, Masimba. I, I first of all, I want to, I want to thank you again for for sharing this stuff with us. Um, this should be talked about a lot more, and I look forward to reading your article about this, and we'll definitely share it from from the Ipsy page and and all that for our listeners to read. Um, is there is there anything else that you want to? Uh, any last thoughts that you have you want to share with us before before we sign off for the, for the day? Well, for me, it's uh, keep doing what you're doing. You know, these are very important conversations, mm. and we need to have more of them. Absolutely. I know there's a lot of other things going on, but this is important too. It mm. ties up with so many other things. Right, right. Yeah, so just keep up the good work. It's not easy. I know we all have other jobs. Like, <laughs> you know, I've got other things I'm doing, but at the same time, I find it very, very, very important. Absolutely. No, it definitely is. Definitely is. And thank you for shining a light on this stuff. Um, yeah, I appreciate it so much, sir. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. No problem. 
And thank you all for listening to The JW Show. Once again, I'm your host, Joshua Washington, and I'm signing off. Thank you.